0: So real quick before we dive into the show, I wanted to share that I'm working on my social media presence by focusing on Instagram and LinkedIn. Definitely still learning the LinkedIn game, but it's actually a lot more enjoyable and I can say it's pretty fun but I can tell you what I love the most is connecting and learning from other like-minded professionals. So if we aren't connected on either platform, I would love to learn more about you and connect together. Go ahead, shoot me a DM, follow me, tag me, let's connect. Let's have some fun elevating our health while we are building our wealth. Welcome to the business of being healthy where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Well, welcome back to another episode here on the Business of Being Healthy show. And today's guest is one that I feel like truly embodies the business of being healthy. So Jen Drummond is a mom of seven. She's a successful business owner. She's a Guinness World Record holder. Wait till this conversation keeps going, everybody. And she is the first woman to climb the second highest summits on each of the seven continents. And now she spends her time inspiring others to create thriving businesses and lasting legacy of their own. She is an author, has another book coming out in January. Can't wait to hear about that as well as a podcast host of seek your next summit and has various programs. So today's guest Jen I am just so so grateful to have you on the show. So thank you for joining. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, no. It was it was one of those things, you know, we got connected through James Patrick and immediately when I learned about you and have since followed you on social media, and checked out your website. I am just so excited for today, but I would really love, because I think you embody so many different things that we just talked about real quick off the air, was like being a mom, right? Being a business owner, inspiring others, taking your health to a new level, um, world record holder. I mean, this is incredible. So if you could, Jen, maybe share with our audience that is new to hearing about you, Yep. What sparked the seven summits, seven second highest summit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's a, it's a
1: mouthful for sure. Um, okay. So I'll try to give you the abbreviated version, but in 2018, I was in a car wreck, um, that should have taken my life and didn't. And I think a lot of us have these events that shouldn't have happened, but did, and when they do, they awaken us to another way of doing, another way of being, another another part of life. So for me, it was, oh, wow, I don't get to choose when I leave this world, but I sure get to choose how I live. So mm. I better make sure that I'm living and I mean, I wasn't not living before, but I was putting myself on hold for all the other responsibilities and things going on in my life, telling myself someday, someday, someday. Well, we all know the story of what happens with someday. Um, And so the accident was like, your someday better be today because you might not get to that someday. Um, 2019 was a big year of reflection, just thinking about what this meant to be alive and what I wanted my legacy to be. 2020, I was turning 40. And so I decided I wanted to climb a big mountain for my 40th birthday, um, just to kind of launch the decade. And I was training for a mountain called Ama de Blom. It's the Paramount Pictures logo. It's a gorgeous mountain in Nepal. Everybody's like, and honestly, I've climbed all these mountains. It's still my favorite. So I understand why it was recommended to me. Well, fast forward and we have COVID happen. So I'm a homeschool teacher to seven children. And one of my sons is complaining about his math homework. I'm like, listen, buddy, we do hard things. You've got this he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain, like Mount Everest? I'm like, I'm um, a not I'm a dumb blonde, but thank you. Finish your homework. We'll look at Everest. And so we did. We looked at Everest and he went to bed. And then I realized I was still looking at Everest. And I was thinking, you know what, if Everest is this magic mountain to him, maybe I should climb Everest because we all have an Everest in our lives. And this would be like a good thing to teach them. So I decided to climb Everest. I hired a coach. The coach gave me a book to read to train. And when I was reading that book, um, in the front of it, there was a foreword about a lady who got gotten a Guinness world record. So I'm cocking my coach, just joking. I'm like, i could have gotten that guinness world record like i can suffer i'm the master at suffering and my kids would think i'm the coolest mom in the whole world if i got a guinness world record because that's how they learned how to read i go but i'm not growing pumpkins or eating hot dogs so thanks but no thanks and we were just joking about it and then a couple weeks later he calls me back and he's like jen 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 i've got this perfect record for you i think you should be the first female to climb the seven second summits Seven continents, seven mountains, seven kids, sounds like a jackpot, hasn't been done by a female before, harder than the first seven, really respected amongst your peers in the industry. So I kind of checked all the boxes and I said, okay, let's do it.
0: And the the quest began. That's absolutely incredible. Um, and there's so much in there because like first, I think for some of us, there has to be that like moment, right? The car accident. The moment that yeah. kind of just shifted what maybe your priorities were before the accident to what your priorities were after, right? And it yeah, it's like why, it was like, why do we have to have oh. that? Sometimes no, I don't. I wish we didn't need to have it. And here's the
1: thing: I was telling myself that I was being a good mom by putting everybody else first, and then I got into this accident, and I realized I'm demonstrating a mother that self-sacrifices for her children, which is honorable on one level, but do I want my kids to be the mom that I am right now? Or do mm. I want them to live this life that is inspiring to them? They're super excited about waking up every day and they're just so full of life that you get energized being around them. I'm like, I really wanna be that second mom. And so to be that person, I need to stop like postponing me And learn how to do me and them and our other roles in life. And I think so often it's admirable for us to be self-sacrificing, but that's really serving none of us. And that car accident was the wake-up call to say, okay, listen, I'm going to start doing me and you. It's going to look different, but guess what? I've been doing it for a few years now. It's been better for all of us across the board without any doubt.
0: I absolutely love that and could not agree more. So I didn't have a car accident. I actually lost my eyesight um, because I did, I mismanaged my stress. So I'm blind oh. in my left eye because, and and here's what I did. At the time I didn't give it to my family. Um, I, I recognize that now I was giving it to my business. So it was, I was giving everything to my business, which weakened me and my immune system and my car wreck was losing my eyesight. So it's one of those things that I think that it's such a blessing that those things happen. Like it's, it's hard, right. When it goes through it, but it's such a blessing because it's a huge perspective shift that has now let you step up in this leader position, which it sounds like, and I want to get into this, like you've been a leader in, in a lot of areas in business and in your life, but like this, this, I I'm so passionate about this. This mom is leader. Like mom is such a leader and sacrificing the leader is not the way to go. Yeah. right. No,
1: not at all. And you have to realize that it is on a lot of us mothers. Still we're mm-hmm. raising the next generation. So we're demonstrating to them what's normal, what's acceptable, how this looks, how it, I mean, we, we are creatures where we absorb our environments. So I, I all of a sudden looked at it. I'm like, okay, my kids are absorbing this environment and I'm saying this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it that way, I said, no, we're each here with a special mission and a special story and a special viewpoint on life based on our experiences. And we're supposed to carry that out to the best of our ability. And when we do, we give permission to all of those around us to do the same. Yes. And that's
0: where like true joy, health, happiness, And pursuits become possible. I, one hundred percent, could not agree more. And I think that it's it's women like you shouting, getting on the stage, writing the books, doing the programs, doing these feats that seem impossible, but you're making it possible, right? Instead of that, like when I when the kids are older, when the business is at a certain point, when we get this house, when we reach these certain milestones, then I'll take care of myself. And you used one word that I just want to highlight here, and I hope everyone listening in is, is taking this, it's the word and. It's a small yeah. word, but it's not either or, it's and. And so like in that whole story that you shared, you were like, and I'm going to do this. And I that is a mindset shift. Was that something, I know the car accident was a huge trigger for you, but was that something that you kind of took maybe from your business life and then brought it over to like your home life and kind of everything else? Or was it the truly the car accident that shifted that and mindset? You know,
1: I think I lived the and mindset, but I didn't embody it. Mm -hmm. When I, it, it was something that I could, it wasn't my autopilot, right? It was, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then when I had the accident, it became a different level of wisdom. It became a knowing that, okay, we are always in and. <laughs> and so the more you can embrace that and the more you can live your truth, the more everybody has permission to do the same. And really that's what we're here for to
0: inspire one another and live inspired. I, I love that. I love that. and And one thing I also want to touch on before we move on, I'd love to just get your thoughts on it. You had mentioned um when your son kind of challenged you, right? like what are you doing? and and you thought like climbing right. Of all things, right. Like going and doing this big, huge feat, but you said I'm the master of suffering. What does that kind of mean to you? And how does that, that mindset then kind of, is that transferring now? Like what does master of suffering mean to you?
1: Yeah. You know, I think so many of us stop short of where we could be more Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: it's hard right? Like things are hard. Anything your heart is different than my heart. My heart's different than the next door neighbor's heart because we have different experiences and different ways of viewing things and doing things. And if we master the art of suffering, if that's what, you know, I think that's what I used to call it. I I don't know if I view it as suffering anymore because I've been able to change my mindset on it, Mm -hmm. but it's being able to stick with something and understand that resilience is a superpower, and whatever is making it hard or not easy or whatever doesn't mean we need to stop. That isn't a oh my goodness turn around or you never mind. Our bodies are designed to keep us safe, and our bodies are designed, I think, to just whatever's easy, right? Even mm-hmm. when I go for a run. I have to sometimes give myself a pep talk to go for a run. I know it's good for my body. I know that I'll feel better when it's done. It doesn't mean the first five minutes of my run, I enjoy it. You would think at some point it would change, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So when you can learn how to extend that and say, okay, well, maybe it's not going to be fun for this 10 minutes, but what comes after that 10 minutes is so amazing. It's understanding that that's part of the process. It's not and or, or either or, right? It's and. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. And it's the theme of the concept today.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. It's such a small word, but it's a very powerful word when you, when you use it, you know, I think that so often it's that, that either, or like it's this choice or that choice. And it's like, let's find out a, a way to have and both, you know, yes, so. Yes. And, and what a great transition because you had just talked about kind of like that middle ground. And I know kind of one of your passions and and topics that you love to speak on is mastering that dreary middle when the end seems invisible. Could you share yes. a little bit about, about that? Yeah. So the middle is that difference between
1: the gap and the gain, right? So we want to go from point A to point C, and that means like bees in the middle. And a lot of times when you're in the middle, you can no longer see the shore and you maybe can't even see the summit yet. So you don't really have a lot of feedback of am I making progress? Is this going? That's where it gets wobbly for a lot of us. And so learning how to master that middle and making smaller little steps forward. So when I climb, the, when you climb volcanoes, you do not have any visual references of change because it's like climbing an anthill, right? You just kind of keep going and you're so on such a big mountain that when you hike an hour, everything looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. When you climb mountains, you can have a ridge or you can have a face or you have all these different things that visually change would kind of keep you going. So in life, I always think of when I'm climbing volcanoes, okay, if I don't have anything visually to stimulate me and let me know that I'm going, what can I set up mentally? right? So can I set up a clock for an hour and be like, okay, well, maybe I can't visually see that i made any progress, but I know I made progress because I've been moving my feet for an hour straight. And so when we're going on these pursuits, not all of our senses are going to give us feedback that says we're making progress. It's going to be messy in the middle. So you need to start figuring out how do you measure your progress so that you have the momentum and encouragement to continue versus feeling like, oh, it's too much. I'm done. And that's where you have this gap of where you want to be. You have to figure out how you're going to measure your gain, so you know you're making progress.
0: I love that. And I I would love to actually sit here for just a little bit longer because I know that you do um, uh, speaking with like corporations, running your own business. I, I do want to relate this, right? Because we can relate things, business, health, life, all of the above, but I want to go business for a second because I feel like with entrepreneur entrepreneurship, that messy middle is where a lot of people fall off. And so I really want to give them like, I, I know you talked about tracking it, but if you're speaking to a, an entrepreneur that's in that middle, cannot see, they can see down, but definitely cannot see up. How would you help them kind of create those mental markers or that mental strength to get through that middle?
1: Okay, so when I was first in business, I like this is going to age me. I had to do cold calling, right? So we got a phone book, and you had a cold call out of the phone book. And if we focused on results, right? You might make five phone calls, and you would get an appointment booked, and you'd be done. The next day, you could make two hundred phone calls and still not get an appointment, and you'd be really frustrated. So instead of work worrying about the result. I'm worrying about what I can control. So no matter what, every day I'd make a hundred dials. Mm-hmm. So if I could control the 100 dials, I knew statistically speaking that I would eventually get an appointment and it was a hundred dials would equal one appointment. And that allowed me to not be, oh, I'm winning today because I made five dials and I got lucky and I lost the next day because I made 200 dials and didn't get anywhere. Um, averaging out, you you got to look at bigger picture. You have to zoom out to make this thing successful. So I suggest to business people or anybody in their careers, wherever they're going, is work on what you can control and figure out how to turn those numbers into results. And then those will give you the momentum that you need to continue and pursue.
0: I love that because I think sometimes the emotion can take over. And when you take that out of it, and here's the here's the funny thing, Jen, I think you and I are about the same age because 2020 I hit 42. So we're there. And we're there. I was actually a financial advisor way. 20 years ago. So the dials thing totally resonates with me. I know it does with some of my audience as well. I was, I had a formula. It was 400 dials a day, 60 contacts, which then got me four appointments. Like, and it was just like clockwork, boom, 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 that you had to do every day, but cumulative. That's the thing is like almost like stepping back, like get your everyday little tiny things but then like look at the big picture at the overall result that's what i'm kind of picking up from from what you just shared
1: yes yes i mean it's climbing a mountain you you see you don't climb a mountain in a day it takes a whole bunch of little steps forward so i can't if i focus on the mountain then i'm always going to see the gap of where i am but mm-hmm. if i focus on the steps that i'm taking every single day that's what i can control and that's what's really getting me up the mountain
0: that's so great. It's so great. And I love it's like the little steps. I know, gosh, I I think more people would do it if they could climb a mountain in a day, but <laughs> it's all like the training that you do before and 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 um taking you there to actually summit it. Now, I would actually love to to talk about that just for a minute before we transition into another topic, but the training. Could you take us through maybe what your training looked like? Um For your most recent, you just got back recently, right?
1: Yep. So I just finished Mount Logan on June 1st of 2023. So yay, Yay, super happy about that. Thank (laughs) you, thank you. Um, So training is, it's an ugly mess because I'm a mom and a business owner and a mountaineer. So unlike some of my fellow mountaineering friends who that's their pursuit and they get to revolve their day around training, my day has a lot of competing events. So I might be hiking in the morning for a little bit, doing lunch with the kids or running errands. Then I'm at a soccer game and I'll bring up a 12 inch step to the soccer game. And so I'll be that mom doing steps on the sideline because I know I need to get the vertical in, but I didn't have a window to do it for four hours straight. And I think so many times when we're pursuing any of our goals, a lot of us say, oh, it doesn't look like I want to, you know, it doesn't look like the 45 minute yoga class, so I can't do it. Guess what? If you made yourself do a downward dog every single time you exited your house, you would get a course of yoga probably throughout the day. And so I think a lot of us have to just rewrite what it's supposed to look like, allow it to look like what it does, because that's what works with our schedule and what we're trying to balance and understand that it still gets it done. It just doesn't get it done in one fellow swoop.
0: I'm like, I wish everybody that's tuning in right now could just <laughs> go back and re-listen to that because there's so much there, especially when it comes to your health. Because so often we think like, oh, if it's not a one hour workout, not worth it. I'm not going, not going, not going to do it. Or maybe you have a meal that's like not perfect. And then you're like, ah, screw the rest of the day. Like whatever. I'll just eat whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. Break it up. And I love that you use, I use reframe. I love that you use rewrite, rewrite what it looks like for you. Ah, It's so, so good, Jen, because I, it's, it's these like ways that we believe good or bad and you're rewriting that based upon what you have going on in your life. And as a mom of seven and a business owner and a Mountaineer, there's quite a bit on your plate. I'm sure you had to kind of rewrite some of those stories or ways that you maybe did things in the past. Oh, a thousand percent. And another
1: mountaineering metaphor that plays into this is, you know, we're on big mountains that have extreme weather patterns. If I bring all the gear that I need for the most extreme weather pattern, 90% of the time I'm carrying way too much weight. And so then I'm inefficient and I slow down. So I need to figure out like, what is my balance that gets me successful 80% of the time? Because 80% of the time it's going to work for me then. So maybe I'm not carrying my super heavy mitts or maybe I'm carrying, like I'm, there's always sacrifices that we have to make to get to whatever summit we're choosing. You just have to decide how much weight you want to carry in your pack and how much risk you're willing to take to get to that end summit and then adjust from there. And so many of us have this idea of black and white thinking, and it is so far from the truth. We miss so
0: much of life if we just focus on that side. I, I love that, that risk, right? Like, what are we going to do and, and how it's going to be there? And maybe even like from your very first, because I can imagine, I can imagine the weight of the gear going up. I I mean, it's incredible what you've done. Your very first one to the one that you just did, Mount Logan in June. How has your like packing and preparation changed from that oh, first one versus <laughs> the most recent?
1: Okay, well, I'll I'll say like the biggest pivot for me in all of it was I went to Russia in 2021 to climb and Russia is a technical climb. And so I had curated gear over months. Oh, this is the perfect axe. This is the perfect blah, blah, blah. All the little things that you needed. I arrive in Russia. None of my luggage arrives. (gasps) All of it's missing. And they can't figure out where it is. I didn't have Apple AirTags at the time, like all the things. And I said, guess what? The weather window's now. So we either go now, or we're going to stop at a rental store, or you're not going to climb. And I, for a second, thought, maybe I should just go home. Like, maybe I should just come back another year. And then I realized, you know what? No, I'm going to go rent gear, even though we all know rental gear is horrible. And I'm going to get as high on that mountain as I can because then when I come back to summit it another time, I'll have all that knowledge and I'll be that much better prepared for that next time. Well, guess what? Like the the universal gods like united and they felt bad for me that they lost my gear. And I summited that mountain with rental gear. And I am so grateful because six months later, you know, Russia's close to the world. I would not be able to go back and climb that mountain. And it's because I allowed myself to let it look imperfect, do the best that I can, understand whatever knowledge I collect is still knowledge and is going to help me on my pursuit and we'll see what happens. And I think that is a thing that we need to carry in our health and our business and our relationships and all of our pursuits.
0: And and your analogy with that is so perfect because we can hear it all the time. Like imperfect action is better than no action. Like, great, great. But like that's actual real imperfect action that yielded a result. But here's the thing is that, and I hope everyone listening is catching this, is the mindset. Is that like, there was that doubt at first. You're like, yeah, maybe I'll come back. Right? Like maybe this is not meant to be rental gear sucks. Don't want to do that. But it was the choice that you were like, well, I'll still get knowledge. I'll get as high as I can. I'll be able, I'll still go forward. Like that, I just absolutely love because I think that in, in ownership, I think business ownership, I think in everything, we're always looking for perfect. And that perfect is kind of unrealistic sometimes. And you learn more from those imperfect times. Right, and now I get to say that I climbed the second highest point
1: in in Europe, which is in Russia, in Scooby Doo underwear because that's the only underwear that I could find at the store when we were going to continue on this pursuit. And I wouldn't have that story if I was like, "Nope, I'm going home." You didn't give me my luggage. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's such a such a great story. I absolutely love that. Um, we should we should have opened with the the Scooby Doo underwear probably the yeah. first, but yeah. Yeah. um. And especially because I think we can't ever, an, another part is that, like, we didn't know Russia was going to shut down, right? Like, no. you don't know what the future holds. And so like, if an opportunity is presenting itself right in front of you, even though it's imperfect and not what you planned, if you still take it, like, look at what comes from it. Like, you are living yeah. proof of that. That is so incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, we
1: need to keep these stories on speed dial right? We need to have these stories like, okay, this is a story that was my truth at this time. So when another obstacle or thing happens in our future, we can say, oh, but remember that time that Russia happened and it still worked in my favor? Maybe that could happen again. And that gives you the courage and bravery to proceed forward. So when you're looking at your life and you're recalling stories Go through them, start harvesting who you are and ways that you've showed up for yourself and keep those on speed dial so you can use them in your pursuits today.
0: It's so incredible. And I think in like every area, right? Like even from your yes. first child to your second child, you're <laughs> like, well, this one's still living. We're doing good. And then to the second one. I know, you know, for me, I've I've got two that it was like the second one. I was like, Oh, I've been here before. I'm good. We're good. Like you feel comfortable. So absolutely love that. Now. Um, One other topic that I I definitely want to dive into today is understanding or distinguishing the difference between failing and climatizing. Can Mm -hmm. you share, um, you know, I'm sure you have examples, but but what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the interesting thing is when I first got into climbing, like I was not a climber. So when I said yes to Mount Everest, I had never slept in a tent on snow, right? So I'm like, I'm sure we'll figure this out as we go. But I thought you climbed Everest from base camp to the top. I didn't realize that you go to camp one and then you stress your body out and you can't climb any higher because you feel sick because of the lack of oxygen. And then you go back down to base camp. Then when you get back down at base camp, your physiology changes. Your body produces more red blood cells. So when you go back up to camp one, the next time you're able to go there with less like pain, right? Because now all of a sudden you can operate in a lower oxygenated environment. And I was like that experiment and realizing we go to camp one and come down, we go to camp two and come down, we go to camp three and come down. I realized like, oh, in life, it's a lot like that. We get to a point where we get stressed out. We can't manage it anymore. We come back home, we dissect the lessons. We learn from it. Our body changes, our mind changes, our abilities change, and we can go back and achieve more. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel like when people hit that breaking point, they say, okay, I'm done. No, 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 no. Like you hit your breaking point. Now you come home and now you get to work with all that and you get to go further next time. And that that's that whole acclimatizing thing. It's not failure unless you stop.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And- I I just love the, the client, like your body changes. Like that's what's something that I think, um, we might not recognize enough is that our body changes and our mind changes. So like when you were in the Valley and getting drug, and like you said, in such a stressful situation, when you're at that first summit, before you keep going, like, like you come back down. And like you said, once you go through it, you change in a good way, hopefully right? And you're able to use that and your body changes. That's one thing that I don't think. I mean, I love this example for so many different ways. My mind is going a million miles an hour when I'm thinking about different things, because it's like our bodies are meant to change. Our mind is meant to change and evolve, right? And when we Mm -hmm. get put in those stressful situations, that's an opportunity to do it.
1: Yes. I mean, and think about if you're lifting weights, some people lift weights till failure, and then that makes that muscle stronger for the next time that you go back. Right. So when I think of those little examples and keep those stories on speed dial, when I hit failure, I don't look at it as like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I'm done. Blah, 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 blah. I look at it as, oh, this is a time to like reconnect to my center, learn everything that I've learned, integrate everything that's just happened and come back stronger when I go forward.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Now, when, when you are now coming back out of, out of these times these challenging stressful times what and you've been talking about like having these on speed dial because I want to spend a second with this because I think it's really important that we show ourselves that's like proof like look at what I've done when you can't see the end when have maybe share with us on on any of your climbs when you were like thinking about quitting Or I don't know if that even did happen, right? No, it did happen. I mean, so let's go back to
1: in 2021, Mm -hmm. I went to climb K2, which if anybody knows anything about K2, K2 is one of the deadliest mountains. National Geographic calls it a mountain that tries to kill you. Um, We were on K2 and I had a teammate get caught in an avalanche and die. And then two other teammates got injured. And so I had a choice if I wanted to continue on that climb or if I wanted to come back. And I said to myself, if I summited, my entire summit would be shadowed by these horrific events that happened to my team and that I left them to go summit a mountain. That is not who I want to be as a person. So I climbed down the mountain to take care of my team. And there was not an opportunity to go back up and summit that year. So it was time to go home. So is that a failure? It's a quit. I mean, I definitely quit, but to me, people are more important than peaks. And I think as individuals and as businesses, we need to think about that. Are we doing things that are putting people ahead of our summits? Because the summits are always going to be there, but is the planet, is our friend, is are we, our team has to come first. The people in our lives have to come first. And so I didn't summit K2 the first time. Um, I, came home. I processed all the things that went wrong on that expedition to figure out what could put me in a better position going forward. I learned things about the culture that I was not aware of on my first attempt, just because I'd never been there before. And to be honest with you, I think I failed for a reason. And that's because when I came back in 2022, I was able to sponsor some Pakistanis and they became the first Pakistani female to climb K2 and stand on its summit. So when I summited the mountain, I was like, okay, great. But when I became a part of a Muslim female standing on the top of K2 and what that means for those people, those little girls that get to look up and see somebody that looks like them at the top of one of those mountains, there's sometimes failure projects us into something more magical than we could even
0: begin to understand until we keep going. Absolutely incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. And it's so funny. Um, and you have such a great perspective on this. People are more important than peaks, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, coming from spending a significant amount of my career actually in corporate America, um, in the medical industry, I think that that gets lost a lot. And even as we're, building a business and thinking about our family and kind of that either or scenario might come up, right? Where it's like the business, the business, the business. And that's when we'll see divorces or children struggling or stuff like that. And I I just think that's going to stick with me that people versus peaks, because I think that's something that when you feel that strain, that the people that you aren't showing up for the people, you got to, it's like a good, Gut check to be like, wait, am I am I looking for that peak too much? To where if I yeah. step back and take care of the people,
1: and it's easy to get sucked into it, right? The peaks are luring; they they're in, they they kind of tease you and say, "Hey, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here." And you really have to center into yourself and be like, "Who do I want to be known for? What what's the legacy that I want to leave? What do I want my life to demonstrate as possible?" And if we all take that seriously, we're gonna live in a
0: much kinder world. I'm excited to share. I'm working on some new tools to have available for all my listeners, absolutely free. These are tools that I have used personally. If you haven't stopped by my website lately, I would definitely go over there, check it out, as I have three free tools up there right now that have helped me elevate my health so that I can make more money. I've gotten some great feedback so far, and I could not literally be happier that these are helping people like us, change their lives. So I am always looking to create new tools to help all of us win bigger. So make sure you keep tuning in or drop by the site. Let's make sure to also be connected on Instagram or LinkedIn. Now let's get back to it and enjoy the show. Yeah. And that legacy. I, I love that. Cause that's kind of how our, our conversation began being that the legacy after your car accident that you wanted to leave for your kids. Now as a mom, business owner, and you've been doing all of this, how has like those around you, those closest to you, maybe your kids, like how are they seeing mom now? How do they, how has their verbiage changed? You know, it's fun because I
1: got lucky. Um, I went to climb Everest and I realized, oh my gosh, I've never been away from home this long. Like I'm going to be gone from home for almost four weeks. This is a big deal. So I went to the kids' school and I said to them, hey, listen, I'm going to be gone. Can you offer my kids a little bit more grace? I just want my mom's coming in. This is what's happening. just wanted everybody to know. And the school said, let's do an Everest campaign. Let's get the kids involved at the school level, come in, talk about goal setting. All the kids will put a hiker in the hallway, say what their Everest goal is. And then I had a tracking device while I climbed Everest so the kids could see where I was. And nowadays with technology, I could even do a couple of Zoom calls from base camp to to the classrooms and tell them like what I was eating and where I was going to the bathroom and all the things that kids ask. And it was one of those things where your community is so important in your pursuit because What would have been a really lonely, maybe overwhelming experience for my children became this super community-supported pursuit. And they felt so seen and so loved and so proud because everybody like, your mom climbed Everest, your mom's at Everest. Like it was just magic. And so I want to let everybody know that You have community. We are social creatures. We're designed to interact with each other. And I am one of those people that wanted to share the pursuit afterwards versus during, because what happens if I failed? But who cares if you fail? It's the journey that we need to learn to celebrate, not the destination. And by allowing more people on your journey, the people that you care about get to be loved and supported while you can't be there physically. And
0: that is so important. It's so important. It's so important. And I love how you were just being like a cautious mom, right? Like, let me go tell the school, let me get some extra support. And then they were just like, wait, how can we support you? Right. You. So yes. it's like sometimes when you're like wanting to support someone else and you tell them that, then they're like, wait a minute, I want to support you. Like, what, what can we do for that?
1: Yeah. No. And so I've had a ton of support. My kids love it. They love following me along. Technology allows me to keep them close and everything. And many of the mountains are not, you know, some of them only take a day to summit. So a couple of them took longer, but it's been a journey
0: of transformation for all of us. It's so neat. And such like a, again, we we talked about this, but like the leadership, you know, how has, how has taking on all of these mountains, changed you as a leader for your business. We talk about a little bit in the, in your home, but as a, as a business leader and leader for other women, other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've allowed,
1: you know, I had like I was so rigid in what my thoughts are, how it should be or what it should look like or what it should do. And then when you're gone and you don't get to run the show because somebody else has to step in for you and you realize, man, I was holding these people back. They're so capable and in many cases, so much more capable in certain areas than I was that it was awesome to give them a chance to shine and to show their leadership skills and then say, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you need to develop. Here's where I need to develop. And we all elevated on this
0: experience. True leadership right there. I absolutely love that. That's incredible. Now, okay. So you have a new book coming, right? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I have a book coming out January 16, 2024. Um, It's called Quit Proof. And the idea is I'm going to take you through scenarios that I experienced in the mountain and give you those takeaways to be able to apply to your life and business so that you have the resilience to bring forth what you desire into the world.
0: Absolutely incredible. And, and I love, it's like, I just even hearing on our, our conversation today, just the correlations, right? I think sometimes when it's like, oh, well, Shelly speaking to a mountaineer. Well, no, like those are life experiences and you can pull so much from it in all areas of life. All yeah. Areas. I oh. mean, the unique thing about a mountain is like, you can climb
1: one literally, but metaphorically we all are every day. And so a lot of the lessons
0: apply um, to both sides. Absolutely. Okay. Now I know, I know people are going to be wondering, they're going to Google you like crazy. So I can't wait. Her website's phenomenal. You're going to want to jump on there, but I'm curious because I feel like a kid right now, like how do you eat? How do, cause you're carrying up all your food, right? You're carrying up your gear, your food, toiletries, whatever that looks like, like how, how because I think sometimes just to correlate this to like business or health, like we think we need all these things to be successful. And I'd love for you to kind of debunk that. Because I feel like you might.
1: I might and I might not. Okay? okay. So like secret story, when I was interviewing climbing companies to climb Mount Everest, I was like, I have long blonde hair. There's, I'm going to get sick if I do not have a hairdryer. At base camp, I know you can shower at base camp, but how am I going to get my hair dry? And so I called my first climbing company. I said, Hey, can I bring a hair dryer? And they're like, We do not what? No, what are you talking about? And I was like, Okay, never mind. <laughs> so then I called a second company and I said, Hey, you know, I have long blonde hair. I'm worried about getting sick. Blah 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 blah. Is it possible to bring a hair dryer? And this company said, Yeah, you know what? You can use the generator once a week. I'm sure that would be fine. I'm like, Oh, okay. I called the third company and I said the same thing. And the third company goes, do you want a mirror? I'm like, I'm going with the company that asked me if I want a mirror because they're anticipating the next need that I'm going to have. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take a mirror. Why not? And then of course, I'm thinking I'm going to dry my hair like in my tent. No one's going to know about this whole fiasco. Well, I am given a solar power battery. And so I have to be out in the sun for the battery to power my hairdryer. And I'm talking about a 1000 watt hairdryer. So it's really like, (laughs) right? It's like, nice try. But I mean, it did do something. But anyways, so I'm drying my hair and I'm a little embarrassed until I go to like something a few weeks later and someone says, you're the girl that dried her hair at Everest. I'm like, I am. She's like, I now give myself permission to do things that are girly and a typically male dominated industry because I can, and I deserve to, and I don't have to pretend I'm a mini male in this pursuit. And so I'm, I guess this is like a long winded story to say, you, you need to decide what's important to you and then bring that up the mountain to get where you need to go. Now I, I should be sponsored by a like dry shampoo company for sure, but I'm not. (laughs) um, I did, you know, like there's certain things I didn't bring, but that's me. I really feel like this question should be, okay, you're going to know how much it weighs. You're going to know what value it provides you. And if you feel more you and more in power, more in control or more whatever you're desiring, then you should bring that up the mountain to the office at your house, whatever you need. I'm here to say, go for it, girl.
0: And I mean, this, I just love it. I love how these questions like just like go off and there's this other piece of, of just great value and information that you're bringing. But it's the, if it's what you need to feel comfortable and give you the confidence, like do it. So often, again, it comes back to that sacrifice. Like, oh, it's okay. I don't need to like, oh, I'm climbing Everest. Like I shouldn't need a hairdryer. Like we shoulda coulda woulda like that's that's ridiculous if it's what you want get it do it yeah and for
1: me i was like i'm not asking for shrimp at base camp okay like i understand that's not an option i'm just asking for something that i'm afraid might get in the way of my summit mm-hmm. and so i need to have this thing um when it comes to food on the mountain it is freeze dried astronaut dehydrated everything and you melt snow to add water and put it back in and you feel like it's food, but it's not. I mean, it is, but yeah, I mean, by all means you come off the mountain craving just the most random things. And normally it's lettuce or fruit or something like that because everything else has been these crazy carbs that are reconstituted with water.
0: (laughs) I just love it. I love it. Um, what's been your craziest meal that you've had like immediately after that you were like, I have to have this.
1: Oh, this is the best story. So I, we did Mount Logan, um, just recently. And it was at the end of the expedition. It was my guide and myself only because one of our teammates got injured. So we got to town, which is like this podunk little town that has this teeny tiny little bar. And they said at the restaurant or at the hotel, when we checked in, Hey, you need to get across the street. They stopped serving food at nine. We said, okay, fine. So we got there at 8.32 or something. They actually stopped the grill at 8.30. So then we had these appetizers to pick from and none of, I mean, it was like chips and salsa, right? Like nothing. And we're like, we have been without normal food for two weeks, blah, 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 blah. Well, there was this group of guys at the table. They had all just ordered burgers or whatever else like that. They kind of overheard what was going on in our scenario. And when the food came out, they gave us their burgers and they took our appetizers. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. They're like, yes, we do. Because if we were in your shoes, we would hope somebody would do it for us. And it was like, that is by far the best meal I've had after a mountain pursuit because of the love and the intention behind it. It just felt so good to be seen. I, I
0: And just like, and in, unintentionally, right? Like they just I, heard yeah. you. They just heard they, you.
1: They just heard me. We became friends by the end of the dinner, right? It was just so, I mean, it was so humbling and then just so encouraging that people, people are good. People are
0: so good. You know what though? I think like attracts like to, to be like, just to be real candid is that, hearing you today and just everything that you've been talking about and like the leadership right I feel like the more that you are out doing the things I too often we don't truly understand the influence or impact we can have on someone else next to us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your perfect example at the restaurant. But all of your examples that you've shared, and I hope everyone's taking these little things because this is going to be an episode that you want to listen to twice because there's so many Mm -hmm. little things that Jen shares that you, like it might be relevant to a mountain, but like you got to think about it in your business or your family or your relationships or like whatever your health that you have going on right now. But the one trait has been the leadership. Just being Mm -hmm. a great person and willing to like see everybody else for the great person that they are you've just like, I could just see in a room, you elevate everyone around you. And so I just, I'm I'm so like, just excited to have you on today because I could just feel it, feel it through a Zoom, um, not next to you climbing a mountain, but um, just the fact that you elevate everyone around you with your leadership. And I'm sure you are creating other little leaders out there like you did um, with the one Muslim gal that got to summit with you, which is fantastic. And inspire all yes. those other girls.
1: Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: So what's next for you? I know we have the book. Is there another yep. mountain? Is I know you have some programs coming. What What's next for, for you, Jen?
1: Yeah. So I have a, a 40-day challenge coming up. It's called Rest and Recover because that's what I need to do. And I'm so used to go, go, go that if I put a challenge together, one, it holds me accountable and it's fun to do it with other people, right? So I have that coming up. And then I also um, and doing some retreats. I have some people that want to go hike to Everest base camp and I want to take them through and see all of that side of things. So it's really when someone calls me and says, Hey, what do you think of this? If it feels good to me, I'm like, let's do it. And that's kind of how it's been unfolding for the next few months.
0: I love that. I love that. Just the openness, right? Like what's coming. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, awesome. Well, um, where is the best place for everyone to find you and and follow you? Because I know they're going to want to after today.
1: Yeah, no, please. So jenndrummond.com and it's double n for J E N N and then Drummond D R U M M O N D dot com is just good because then it has the links to all the different social channels, so you can pick your favorite and get everything
0: you want to know. Great. And I will be sure to link everything in the notes so you can definitely connect uh, with her. I just did on LinkedIn this morning. So um, I'm excited to follow you there. And I just want to thank you again, Jen. Um, You... Just sharing today um we had a lot of fun but it there was is. such great gold in everything that you shared and that's what this show is about it's really about paying it forward right the business of being healthy is is sharing that wisdom to the next person to maybe help them succeed a little bit faster a little less money a little less heartache all of that so um i just really want to acknowledge you and thank you for your time today no thank you for having me it's been a pleasure Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you love this episode, be sure that you snapshot it and uh, share it out on the socials, tag both of us, and we will give you all of the love. Make sure to come back twice a week. Um, As you know, we are dropping episodes here on the show.